Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. Come on, somebody. All right. Isn't that, be- isn't that- hey, I got to start my messages like that every time. Come on. I normally don't do that. But isn't that amazing that the Holy Spirit's here right now and he's speaking to you. Just, just spend some time with me. Let me take you away for a second and let me swoon you. And let me show you my life. Amen. Come on, somebody. Uh, that, that, that is so, so good. I don't know where you're at, but just for me, in my life, where I'm at right now, I'm, I'm actually living a good, happy life right now because I have a newborn baby. Marriage is awesome. It's a test of marriage, by the way, right now, but it's amazing. And uh, I just, I'm so excited to be in the house with you. Who's ready for a good word? You guys ready for a good word? All right. Awesome. My name is Pastor Michael, and we're called The Calling Church simply because we believe that Jesus Christ is calling people to himself. He loves people and Christmas time is a great season to remember that Jesus Christ loves humanity. No matter what the world says, no matter what's on the world what's on the news, God loves people and he is still moving today. Come on somebody, let me tell you, you know how you know why he hasn't wrapped it up yet? It's because he's still on the move and he's still in love with people, rescuing people. Amen from the power of darkness and bringing them into the kingdom of light. Oh, come on somebody, I feel like preaching already, all right? You guys out there so God is on the move. That's why we call this church the Calling Church because God is not done with you. No matter if you're beginning your journey with Jesus or you've known Jesus for a long time and if you're ever in a relationship, you know that you're always learning something new about that person. Like right now, I'm learning something new about my wife as a mother, okay? Just how she, it's it's amazing getting to know her at this stage of life. God, when you're in relationship with him, always he's gonna reveal himself in new and fresh ways. Amen, you out there? So I'm excited to preach this word to you. Uh, uh, to, I feel a little daunted, actually, because this is a, an important passage of Scripture, but I'm excited. I'm fired up. And we're going to be in John chapter 1. Uh, normally we stand, but because we already stood, I won't make you do it again, all right? So we're going to be in John chapter 1. Say John 1. John 1, the book of John is an amazing book, all right? Let me just give you some preface to this. John is an incredible apostle. Before he was an apostle, he was a disciple. And before he followed the Lord Jesus, do you guys remember that he was actually a follower of John the Baptist? So John was a deeply spiritual person. And if you remember our, 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 our Bible correctly, uh, uh, we remember that John says of himself that he is the disciple that Jesus, who, what? Loved, right? He's, he's, he's given himself a shout out in his own book and he said, yeah, Jesus loved me. Matthew didn't do that. Luke didn't do that, all right? But John says, Jesus loved me, the beloved, all right? And not only that, but we got to think about this too. Remember when Jesus died on the cross? When he was hanging on the cross, he, remember the only, which was, who was the only person that was there? Which apostle? John was the only one of the 12. That was with Jesus to the very end. Peter, the leader of the church, wasn't even there. Right? John was there. And from the tree, or from the, from the cross, Jesus looked at Mother Mary. And he, remember this? He said to Mary, Behold, Mother Mary, your son. And remember what he said to John? He said, Son, behold, your mama. And so we know that from history that the apostle John spent a lot of time with Mother Mary, even after Jesus passed away and went to heaven, all right, and live in glory. I wonder what their conversations were like. Oh, come on, somebody, you with me? I wonder what their conversations were like years later. I wonder what, what John, uh, John would say to Mary. Mother Mary, can you explain? 
And by the way, we know this is historical to be true because Mary was going to become, uh, she already was a widow, and now that Jesus, her son, was passed away, there was no way, way for her to have, have an income, have support in her life. So John would take her in. But imagine their conversations. Imagine Apostle John saying, Mother Mary, can you, can you tell me again the, the Christmas story? Can you imagine their conversations? Can you imagine just what they talked about, about Jesus? So this morning, we're going to talk about Christmas from John's angle in John chapter 1. And uh, this is an exciting passage of Scripture. And I've studied all night, baby, yeah, all week long. So I come prepared to give you an encouraging word to light your life up. Amen. So John chapter 1, it says this, In the beginning, say in the beginning, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, say through him. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. I'm going to be talking about this. In him, the person of of Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, was his life. And that life was the light and is still the light to all mankind. The light shines through the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Oh, come on, somebody say amen. So verse 6, there was a man sent from God. His name was John. This is not the same John of the author of the book of John. This is, he's referring now to the John the Baptist. He says, he came as a witness to testify to concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He was a forerunner to Jesus. He himself was not the light. In fact, they would come because John, the crowds were surrounding John the Baptist. And, and the religious leaders sent people to him and said, Who are you, man? Because there are a lot of people around you. Right? Who, who are you? You're doing mighty work. And he himself said, I'm, now this was a test to him too because he said, I'm not the light. He could have easily said, I'm the light and draw attention to himself. But he said, no, I know my ministry. I know who I am. I'm not the light, but I'm only the witness to the light. Let me tell you something. I'll preach this next week. We got to be witnesses to the light. We ourselves are not the light. We have the light and we need to, he's in, in, in heaven. But let me tell you, the way that we shine the light in the dark world is through shining our light from Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody, all right? That's what we need to do. That's our mission. And let me tell you, you know how you change the world? It's not a company. It's not an idea. It's not a philosophy. It's not some cool fashion. It's the church of Jesus Christ that changes the world. Come on, somebody. When we so let our light shine. And let me tell you, we don't have to try to shine. Light, let me tell you, light just shines. Light just emits. So how about just be the light and stop trying to shine the light? Oh, come on, somebody, you out there. All right, that's filthy. God's like, I don't need someone trying to be the light. I just need someone to be the light. Oh, come on, somebody, you out there? Anyway, I'll just leave that right there. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Verse 6, there was a man. All right, I already read that, sorry. Verse 8, he himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Oh, I don't know about you, but I want to be a pastor not to embrace my own light because it's nothing. I want to witness and testify to the one true light. Amen. Come on, somebody. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. I think my, my daughter said, amen. I love you, girl, already. Future preacher, singer right there. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and I love this, and we're going to get into this. He was in the world. Say, he was in the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Wow. He came to that which was his own, the Jews, but his own did not receive him. Say receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, 
To those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. I don't have time to get in to that, unpack that completely, but we fight for our rights today. My right to do this, my right to do that. Don't do that to me because this is my right. Let me tell you, your greatest right, baby, your greatest right is to become a child of the living God. All other rights are right down here, but your greatest right is to be a child of the most high God, the kingdom of heaven, amen? Fight for that right in Jesus' name. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. That's why the Bible says in order to enter the kingdom, you can't, you can't be physically born, but you need to be reborn, all right? You need to have new birth. You, you can be born a Muslim. You can be born Jewish, but you cannot be born a Christian. You have to be born again. That's how you enter into, into eternity is through being reborn through the spirit of God, amen? Children, I love this message already. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready. Children, uh, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. One translation says, God moved into the neighborhood. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Say grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of the fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, for grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Thank God, Jesus, for your grace. No one has ever seen God. What an amazing statement. But the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with God the Father, has made him known. And before I pray, can I get a bottle of water? Because I drink tons of coffee because I'm a coffeeholic. All right, now we're good. All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much, first of all, for your word. Father, we're grateful that you are an anchor to our souls. God, whenever, wherever we need you at this morning, God, I pray that you will go deep down in our soul and shine the light where we need it today, this morning, God. I pray that through this message, you will help heal hurts where we're hurting the most. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's a money issue. Maybe it, we're having issues in our own faith and we're, we're questioning you. God, we just pray for new life this morning. Spirit, speak to the church this morning. Strengthen the church. Strengthen your body. Strengthen your people. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. All right, take a second and say, Jesus is the light of the world to somebody. Turn around to someone else and say it again. You just saw what I did there. Okay, cool. All right. All right. So I'm excited to get into this passage of Scripture. We're in a, in a series called The Light of the World. And last week I talked a little bit about what I'm talking about now, but I'm going to get more into it. And if you know, how many of you are familiar with John chapter 1? John chapter 1 is just an amazing uh, package of Scripture. I mean, when I went to Bible school and studied theology, I could spend, we can spend a year just really unpacking just the depth and, and just the, 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 the meat that is in John chapter 1. We, could, we can unpack it historically. We can unpack it theologically. We can pack it just, just in so many ways. And this morning, I want to explain Christmas to you. By the way, how many of you excited about Christmas time? Come on, y'all. All right. How many of you have gone Christmas shopping? All right. Nobody. Y'all, y'all. Awesome, all right? One person? No. By the way, by the way, I went to Walmart in Monroe yesterday. I wanted to just run someone over. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I am a pastor. I'm like, Lord, this is Catholic, but Lord, uh, I, I mean, 
I just, I'm like, Lord, man, there's people everywhere taking my spot. I mean, it's just crazy. Go to Walmart, will test your faith. Come on, somebody. If you go to Target, you're cool. But Walmart will test your faith in Jesus' name, all right? So um, anyway, I don't know how I got to. Oh, yeah, are you ready for Christmas? All right. Uh, we're ready for Christmas, kind of. We, we set up the tree. How many of you set up the tree? All right. Yeah, a few of you. No one likes to raise their hand. It's all good. By the way, anyway, I'll just leave that right there. All right. Uh, how many of you set up Christmas lights on your house? Yeah, all right, seeing Gene back there, that's awesome, very cool. Um, it, it's so fun right now having Christmas with my daughter this season. It's so beautiful, and God is just teaching me so much about his heart, the heart of the Father, and I could cry right now, and I might ball in front of you today just because I'm so in love with her and my family, and, and God is so good. Let me tell you, if you had, I have had a broken family in my life, a very broken one, but God has restored that because of my trust and faith in him, and now he's made me a father, and it's incredible to experience. I'm in heaven right now. Come on, somebody. All right, it's awesome. So I'm excited for the Christmas season. I'm going to buy my kid anything and anything she wants, all right? If she smiles or makes a, a, like good eye contact with something, it's going to be hers, all right? My wife might say, hey, we can't afford it. It's hers, honey. I don't know. She looked at it a certain way. I got a vibe, all right? So anyway, uh, we're excited for the Christmas season. But I want to unpack this this morning and give you, I want to exposit the Bible. I love to study the Bible. And I, I think by nature, I'm a preacher. I get excited. I love to minister. I could shout and I love all those things. But I think what the church also needs is not just great shouting and great preaching and all. It also needs great teaching to strengthen the faith. Come on, somebody. Because when we go back out there and we face real life, people are like, dude, I'm trying. <laughs> I need more teaching to make it work. My marriage is failing or, or things, uh, things are happening. So I believe teaching is incredible, imp- incredibly important for the church. Amen. So let's unpack this this morning. John explains Christmas in a way very different than the other gospel accounts. In fact, there's only one gospel, but there are four accounts. It's like, it's like four people living in a house. There are different perspectives inside that home. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can go watch a movie with four of your homies and, and, and four, like, all four of them have different perspectives. Like, that movie sucked. Like, bro, I really love that movie. Like, what? So the Bible is kind of like that when, the, when it comes to the gospel. There are four different accounts. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, there are only two, if you will, Christmas accounts, which is in Matthew and Luke. And I love the way they, they open it up in a packet. Matthew talks about Jesus, and they all have their own themes. Matthew talks about Christmas from a Jewish perspective, all right? His, his audience is a Jewish people. He's concerned about bringing the light of Jesus Christ to the Jewish people. And by the way, the Jewish people are the people of God. And as a church and as a person, I believe till this very day, no matter what people say, no matter what the, 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 the ideas are out there, they are still the people of Jesus. Or, let me say, they are the people of God, right? And there are Messianic Jews out there who believe in Jesus as their Messiah. So let's keep praying for Israel and let's keep praying for the Jewish people. Amen. Let's not marginalize them be mean to them. I mean, in fact, you can't do that anyway because you're not a Christian if you're doing that. Hello. Anyway, all right. So Matthew is concerned about the Jewish people. And, and what he, the way he opens it up is he connects uh, a Jesus to the greatest king ever is, is David. He's saying this Jesus is the next king in line to the greatest king ever, David. And not only is Jesus connected to the greatest king, Jesus is also connected, this is truth, y'all, connected to the greatest prophet, Abraham, the father of the faith. And so Matthew just, just un- unpacks that and he, he teaches that Jesus is this amazing man. Well, Luke goes on a different account. He gives a 
a different perspective. Luke tells us uh, from Mary's side, Matthew, jo- Joseph's side, but from Mary's side in Luke, he tells us that Jesus is the sal- is salvation to the Gentiles. Not only is he connected to a prophet, not only is he connected to a mighty king, but Jesus is actually connected to the first man in the creation. His name is Adam. But if we look at John's account, oh, and, G- and John, he's the beloved of Jesus. Do you remember that explaining that? He spent time with Jesus. Jesus, like, he, uh, excuse me, John unpacks this by rolling out the red carpet and going above and beyond Matthew, above and beyond Luke. G- uh, John actually connects Jesus, not to, just to a king, not just to a prophet, not just to the first man. John actually connects Jesus to the son of the living God. He's saying, isn't that, isn't that awesome that the Bible gives us that flavor of a king, prophet, and not only just that, those accounts, but also that he is the son of God. Check this out. He says, in the beginning, this is a direct echo of Genesis chapter 1. At the beginning of creation, he says, let there be light. Jesus is the very expression of, of God himself. Jesus is the substance that created all life itself. When God said, let there be, that was the word of God. And let me tell you, that is exactly why words are powerful. Let me ask you, how do you sound this Christmas? What does your speech sound like? Let me tell you, speech is incredibly important. In fact, there's one translation in the Bible called the voice. And this whole translation called the voice translation comes from John chapter 1 because the way they describe Jesus, they say Jesus is the voice of God. He is the voice of God, now born in human form, the word made flesh. Oh, come on, some of you out there, I know I'm teaching a little bit, but this is important, all right? He is the son of the most high God. But let me me capitalize on this point. What does your speech sound like for this Christmas? What does your speech sound like? You know, words, the Bible says, bring life or bring death. They bring hope or they bring darkness. They bring light or darkness. They encourage or they discourage. They build up or they tear down. What do you sound like this Christmas? That's why speech is so important. When God says something, oh, it is good, baby. Come on, somebody. He said, let there be light. And he saw that the light was good. Are your words good? So funny, someone said, yeah, amen, good. All right, others were really quiet. I, I struggle with this, I'll be honest with you, in my life. Because I grew up in a very dark family. And all my family would do, they would just cuss. They would be negative. They would tear each other apart. And I'm not going to blame some of y'all because you don't know what it is to live in a household that speaks positive language. But it's, it's time to find a tribe of Christians. Come to church. We're going to speak the word of life, speak the word of faith over you and encourage you and build you. Come on, somebody. I know what I'm talking about because I struggle with this. I grew up in a dark family. In fact, the very first time I heard my wife talk to her mama, I said, that's weird. My grandmother never said, I love you. She said, you know, it's funny. She was a, she's a boomer, my grandma, the greatest generation, all right? She said, you know how I love you? Look up. Look at that light switch, all right? I, 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 look, 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 look at the bills being paid. In fact, I saw a funny Instagram post. I, I saw a funny Instagram post where my mom just puts a bow on everything. She put a bow on the wall. She put a bow on the car. She said, that's your gift. I put a bow on the, the, on the refrigerator. That's your gift. That's how I love you. All right? I love you right there. All right? I grew up in a, a very dark household where we didn't know life. We didn't know Jesus. We, we, we grew up hurting each other. Funny, so when I heard my, my wife talk to her mom, I said, what is that? 
I said, is that real? <laughs> yeah, that's real because that's what they believe. And I'm so honored to be part, privileged to be part of this family. So funny, yesterday we went to a birthday party, got in the car. And by the way, now I realize you parents getting ready, ready with a kid. Wow, God bless you. All right, that's a lot of work. Even coming to church, it's like, oh, the baby just pooped again. We just changed her. Oh, my God. All right, uh, it's crazy. All right. And, and, and so we, we got in a fight on the way to Valencia, California, out there in Santa Cruz. We had a birthday party to go to. And um, I was driving. Or before, we, we, I, I'll share that point. We were fighting. Like, hurry up with the baby. And, and, and it was to the point where it was like we're getting in the car, and, it's, and she wasn't listening to me, and, and I wasn't listening to her. And we said it to each other. We're like, I'm not listening to you anymore. And she's like, well, I'm not listening to you anymore. And, well, this conversation is over. And then before you know, the baby's crying, and then words are flying. And then you say something that you don't mean, and it's like brings words of death. And it's like you're mad at each other all the way to Valencia. And then you put like, oh, come all ye faithful on the, t- on the, on the radio. And then it really hurts you. It gets your heartstrings, and then you're really sorry. And then you really, sonny, honey, I'm a jerk. I just messed up, all right? And then you utter something that was stupid, right? And you can't take that back. Are you speaking words of life? Are you speaking words of death? Your creator, your savior, our God in heaven, when he speaks, he speaks life. Let there be light in your marriage. Let there be light in your relationship. Let there be light in your life. Oh, come on. That's why I love my God. Because when I'm on my lowest, at my lowest, in my darkest place of life, he's always speaking words of life to me. Michael, you can do this. Michael, you are a good pastor. Michael, you can't speak the word of God. Michael, you are going to be a good father. Come on, somebody. When you're at your lowest, God will speak life. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you good out there? Come on, somebody give a clap to God if you enjoyed that. Come on, somebody. That's why speech is important. That's why speech is significant in creation. God said, let there be. And that divine utterance is Jesus himself in the creating act of the world. Amen. You guys out there? All right. Uh, that's why it's so significant. But I love the way John just unpacks Gen- uh, John chapter 1. I could hear like the in- soundtrack of inception going off as God is creating the cosmos and the world. And let me tell you, right from the get-go, John already says, no, we don't come from monkeys. John already says, we're not some boiling pot of soup that has just evolved. G- John says, you know what, Darwin, not the, the, the strongest don't just survive. Come on, it's right here in the text. He said that there is an author of all life itself. And he was, how about this, Darwin? Explain the fact that Jesus came into the world. He had no, he had no, he had had a spiritual father, but no physical father. Come on, somebody. And there's an element to faith to it, right? Because you cannot believe if you don't have faith. So there's an important element of faith to, uh, uh, to believing in Jesus Christ, that he is the light of the world. Amen. And it says this in verse 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. It says, through him, say through him, through him all things were made that has been made. Now think about that for a second. One scripture says we live and move and have our being because he, he made all things. So everything that has life, Jesus made. Think about that. Jesus made all things from the heavens to the galaxies to the star to the planet to the animals to humanity in himself. And by the way, when it comes to refuting Darwin and all that, not only did God create human life, but he said, you know what? I'm going to put my image on them. Come on, somebody. So that we look like God ourselves. Come on, somebody. That's significant. That's important. That's theological. Amen. He says, through him all 
all things were made that has been made in him. Say in him. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it, not understood it. But this is why it's significant. Because I meet a lot of people trying to live real life. And it's kind of funny sometimes in a way. Because they think when I get that career, I'm going to have real life. Oh, when I get high, I'm going to be living the life. Oh, come on, somebody. When I take a pill, I'm going to be living that life. When I get educated, I'm going to be living the life. But there are so many people I meet that when they become successful, when they get the money, when they get the paycheck, they're still not happy because they do not have the light of real life in them. And until you have that life inside of you, you will have true, real, abundant life inside of you. Come on, isn't that good? I'm preaching with three hours of sleep, and the only reason that I got up this morning, my alarm clock went off. I'm kidding. You know how sometimes you want to chuck it? Like, I hate you, phone alarm, right? I got up right away, and I said, I'm ready to go. Come on, can you tell? Because I have the life inside of me, all right? And it's not about these lights shining on me. It's about the light that's within me that makes me so excited in Jesus' name. Let me tell you, some of you want lights on you, and that is not life itself. This culture, this world wants to have light in us, right? We don't have our own TV show. You know what I'm saying? But it's not until you have the light inside of you that you find true fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Come on, some of you out there. I met an Instagram model one time. <laughs> I met an Instagram model one time. I got, I, my office, I don't have an office, all right? Hello. My office is the city of Pasadena, right? and, and, and I study in a lot of coffee shops. In fact, I saw Leah the other day. I saw all kinds of people. I'm out of breath. All right, give me a second. All right. Uh, I just had a baby. My wife had the baby. <laughs> my wife had the baby. I watched her have the baby, and I'm tired. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you, Lord. I'm a man. God bless you, women. Anyway, uh, and my mouth is dry, so bad combination. Um, no, that's my pot, spot. Anyway, oh, in, uh, yeah, in the coffee shop with an Instagram model. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Random. I met an Instagram model one time, literally, because I study in coffee shops all the time. And I meet, and I love people. I'm truly a pastor where I love people. I don't get all itchy with the sheep and, like, stand over there. I love sheep. I love people. I don't care if you have it together. I don't care if, if, if you don't have it together. I, I love people. And working in a coffee shop is a wonderful place to meet people. Well, I've seen this Instagram model, like, several times in the coffee shop. And one day we, we were sitting next to each other. And, you know, you start chopping it up. And you say, well, what do you do? And, and any, let me just tell you, as a pastor, any time. Well, I asked him, what do you do? What does he do? He's like, oh, I work for myself. I, I, he, he advertises on, an old, on his own page for, for like different, he's like holding a beer and he's like, do you like, this beer is awesome, like in his Instagram post or whatever. Then he's holding a blanket and he's like, you should buy this blanket. You know what I'm saying? He does those kinds of things. Anyway, he asked me what I do. And any moment when you ask a pastor, what do you do? I mean, the conversation just totally shifts, right? They start, their language starts changing. They're like, oh, okay. They start to shape up or clean up. And I don't like that. I just want you to be you. So sometimes I don't say I'm a pastor because I want you to be you. You know what I'm saying? And so, so I did tell him I'm a pastor. And he's like, oh. He's like, why do you do that? And I said, man, uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, I, uh, there's a whole story to it. And like, where should I start, right? And ultimately, the conversation led to the point where he was like, I'm not happy. I mean, I have it all. People look at me. I have lights on me. I mean, I'm a model, man. I look awesome, right? He's like, I have a, a great uh, relationship. I have a kid. I'm kind of divorced and in a new relationship. I mean, I, I, I got it together. I'm making the money. He was telling me, man, I get paid a lot. I think he told me the number. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. But he's like, I'm not happy. I'm always tired. 
I'm always anxious. I'm always looking for the next job. Uh, I just want time with my kid. I want time. I just don't feel fulfilled. And I was like, that's exactly why I do what I do and I believe what I believe because Jesus Christ is the only fulfillment of true life. And in him, there is only true life. And I shared my faith with him. I said, brother, let me just pray for you. Let me tell you, money, you, there's, you, first of all, you can always get money back, but you will never get time back. And why not find the reason why you were meant to be born? Why not find the reason what, what makes you tick? Uh, what makes you tick? Why not? Why, let me tell you about this God that I believe in him, and he is the one person that can truly bring you life. Come on, church. We see it all the time. We're in L.A., baby. We see rock stars. We see actors who are not happy. We see people. We see friends. We see family. We're not happy. But it's time to not just try to shine the light. It's time to just be the light of Jesus Christ and share the light and the hope of the gospel. Amen. I dare you to do it. I just dare you to be love in action. I just dare you to be love in action, and you will change all the people around you. Even there, Let me just say this. There are hard people to love. Amen? We call them EGR, extra grace required. All right? If you hear, if you hear EGR at you and church, oh, God. No, I'm just kidding. You wanna, I'll fire them. No, no, you don't want to do that. But there are hard people to love, but they're an assignment. Come on, somebody. They're an assignment because God loves that person. God loves that individual so much that he died for them and cares for them and will be with them even in, in their annoying times or in the frustrating times. But that's what, that's what sparks hope in me is because in Christ, he is the life of the world. He's the very life that breathed all life into existence. Amen. And we got to understand that this context is deeply spiritual, not just physical. Yes, Jesus Christ created all the cosmos. He created all physical life. All right. He did create the physical universe. But this, this is deeply spiritual. It says, in him was life. And do you remember a few sermons ago or quite a bit ago, I told you that the Greeks are smart. When they come up with words, they don't just say love. They have three different words for love. Right? I love ice cream and I love my wife. Like, how do you even put that in the same category? Well, they do the same with life. There are three different Greek words for life. One is bios life, where we get biology. Or another one is uh, suke life, where we get psychology, right? Psychology of the mind, which is the study of the soul. And the last form of life, and the Greeks say, is the zoe life. Say zoe. They say Zoe life. The Zoe life is actually spirit-filled life, that we're not just living a biological life. There's actually something inside our biology life that there is a soul, that there is a spirit. And that's where many people feel unfulfilled. They're hungry. They're thirsty. And the person that created all life is he's the only one responsible who can bring real life. Amen. He's the one who he made the human heart. He understands the human heart. And that's why the heart will never be satisfied until we give him our heart. Come on, somebody. You out there. That was good. That's where you clap. Amen. All right. He is true life. And when we talk about, it says the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it or overcome it. Now, I was thinking for like days, like, God, this is very physical. Like, what are you talking about here? And God said, no, I'm talking, yeah, I did all that, but I'm talking spiritually. Spiritually, there's a dark realm. There's an evil realm. Now, when I, I, I love all people, but atheists have a real hard time to me proving good and evil because that is real in the world. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. And, and the Bible is saying that Jesus Christ is the only one in true light who represents righteous light that can dispel dark forces because evil is a real thing in the world. And it comes through sin. Sin is real. All right. Sin began in the garden, and then it spread like a disease from Adam and Eve 
to all generations, to every family, to every individual. And that's why the Bible says we have evil in the world. Why? Because sin exists in the world. But the way to remove sin is by the person of Jesus Christ. That's why he says he is the light that dispels our chains and our bonds. Oh, come on, somebody. And not just our habits, but also our personal darkness. I remember what, what I felt a very, very emotional this morning. Coming to church, preaching the word, uh, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 1 of John, or the book of John, because I remember I was 16 years old, and I was going through deep darkness in my life. Darkness, not, not sin necessarily, but darkness because of other per- people's sin in my life. Let me tell you, your sin doesn't affect you. It not only affects you, but it affects all those around you. Come on, somebody. It hurts people that are around you, too. My parents were deep sinners, My mom might be here. She's restored by the grace of God. But my mother and my father were drug addicts. My father was an uh, alcoholic, and he was um, a heroin addict all my life. My mother was an alcoholic most of my life. My mom has been sober for like 15 years or so by now, right now, by the grace of God. Amen. But when I was growing up in high school, they lost custody of us when I was eight years old. And I was going through deep dark. Let me tell you, a child needs a father and a mother in their life. When you're especially in your high school years because I was trying to figure out who I am. God, who am I? I don't know who I am because I don't have my father and my mother. I just have my grandma saying, putting a bow on this, putting a bow on that. And I need a little more than that, God. Right? So I would, li- I would close the door and sit in my room and listen to Linkin Park and be all, you know what I'm saying? And just my, I'm just like, man, this life sucks, you know. And just, I, but honestly, I was like, it was tough for me. It was so tough. I went, and what makes me emotional today about preaching John chapter 1 is I will never forget. My aunt handed me a, a student Bible at the age of 16. And the first book that I ever read was the book of John. And in the book of John, you got to remember or got to understand this too. Every single morning I was called a bad word. I was told, you're not going to be nothing. You're not going to be nobody. You hear language like that. You're, you're going to amount to nothing. You're going to be a drug abuser just like your father. If you go out there in the world, you're just going to be like them. Who are you? And I just got tired of it. And I saw my Bible, and I, under, I, I realized the gift that my aunt had given me. I flipped open the Bible, and I read the book of John, saying that God loves me, and in him I will have true life and abundant life. And let me tell you, that light shone inside of me, and I felt just alive. I felt whatever they were saying, my family members didn't mean as much as what God was saying in my life. That's why I feel so emotional because now I see a 360 turnaround that God changed my life and gave me the privilege and honor to even preach this word to you this morning. And I know what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. He can do it for you this morning. That's why speech is so important. Speech can kill or destroy and discourage, but it also can build lives. So how do you sound this Christmas? I would, I would really just ask you as you're shopping at Walmart and you want to run over some people, think about what you're saying and your kids in the back seat are listening. When you're at home and you just really want to eat that Christmas turkey or those tamales and you're just like, and that champurrado, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe not. <laughs> and, and you just, you can't wait to eat. And you're like, wife, I need my food. Just think about how you sound. Come on, so this is the pastor who's working on this himself. In fact, I was driving to Valencia, and I said, Siri, take a note, all right? And we're still mad (laughs) at each other. And I said, Siri, I said, said, this note that I'm talking about now, I was saying on my note, my speaking that note, all right? And I was saying, what do we sound like in Christmas? My wife's looking at me, rolling her eyes like, "Uh, you need to work on that, buddy. And I'm like, I know, yeah, sign me up, I know. But God gave me that, and I'm going to share that with the church. All right? 
And I'm learning, I didn't come from a background like that. But because of the love of Jesus Christ, he has loved me up, he has shaped me up, and now I don't have to speak like that anymore. Don't, don't, just because people have hurt you, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to do to others what has been done to you in Jesus' name. So how do you sound this Christmas? I want to challenge you that as you're waiting out in the checkout lines, how do you sound? Be life in a dark world. Come on, somebody, you out there? I have to share this point with you as well. I'm going to keep going on because I worked really hard on this and I want to just encourage you. John chapter 1, verse 10 says this, 11. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Say recognize. The world did not recognize him. I mean, let's just pause, or let me go on. I'll pause after. He came to that which was his own, meaning not only did he come to the world, but he came to his own people, which were the Jewish people, all right? And his own, it says this, uh, which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Say receive. So not only did the world not recognize him, his own people did not accept him. Oh, my gosh. Wow, Jesus, you are God in the flesh. And what's amazing was when I exegeted the Bible and I studied and I studied, this very person who created all life, all cosmos, everything in the sea, in the ocean, how could the world not recognize life, the very people he created, right? He's the one who authorized life. He's the one who brought life to the very people that he come to. You know what, to me, it's like, it's like Walt Disney walking into Disneyland and nobody knowing the dude. It's like he's just working at, it's a small world. We don't know that guy, but he's the one who made the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? He's the one who developed, gave the vision, gave the life to everything. But then I wrestled with this with God. I said, God, how could the world not recognize you? You You're the author of life. You're the author. And he said, you know, Michael, I I wanted to connect with people in a way. You know, the, the world sees glory in a different way. We define glory different. The world defines glory differently, Michael, than the way I do. That's why I was born in a manger. That's why I was even born as a human being. I would humble myself into a a, a couple who was poor. I would learn a trade that wasn't of nobility or royalty. I was none of that. I learned the trade of carpentry. Because I knew the greatest glory I could bring to my father. This is God talking to me. The greatest glory I could bring to my father was not saying, this is who I am. I created you. He said, the greatest thing, that, the greatest glory I would receive or bring to my father is through the cross, nailed in my hands and in my feet. The whole world would see my glory that way. And that is how I define glory. I don't need to show up to the party and be in charge of the show. Oh, isn't God a good savior? And it says the world did not recognize him, and he wanted that. He just wanted to be his light, give people hope, be the salvation that we need. And the Bible says also that his own people did not receive him. They rejected him. You know why they did not receive him? I know I'm going a little longer, but I have to just explain this. His own, you know, Jesus was not a square. And they couldn't put him into the mold. They're like, Jesus, you're a carpenter. Jesus, you're unschooled. Jesus, you're really nobody. And your parents are Mary and, and Joseph. Like, we can't put you, you know those square blocks? We can't put you into the mold. And that's why religion is dangerous, because it is defined by its rules and regulations. And what happens when church, people come to church who are hurting and broken, and they are not squares, and we can't put them in because they don't look like church people, they don't act like church people. But come on, the gospel says that the, uh, the, the salvation is for everybody, no matter what walk of life that you're going through. Amen? Come on, somebody out there. So Jesus showed up 
like a stranger more than a savior. He looked like an average person, and he wanted to make a difference that way. He didn't want to be, you know, rambunctious. He showed up humbly, and that's why God gets so much glory out of us. Come on, somebody. All right, you out there. And lastly, it says this in John chapter 1, verse 18. It says, no one has ever seen God. Think about that. No one has ever seen God. The Bible actually says in other places, how can someone see God and live because his glory is so amazing in heaven? No one has ever seen God. But watch this. But, say but. But God, the one and only, in my Bible, the one and only is capital O and cap, or both capital O's. One and only. The reason is because there's no one like Jesus. Me and you came because we had a mother and, the, and a father and they met at a nightclub or a skate rink or at the movies or on Instagram. And they say, hey, you look hot. All right? And that's how we came along. But Jesus, let me just define this for a second, was married. All right? And the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, overshadowed her in power. So he, he's different than us. He's the unique son of God, begotten of the Father, just like the Father. Jesus is equal with the Father in heaven. It says, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made him, watch this, has made him known. This means that God wants to make himself known to you this morning. That he wants to come into your world and move into your neighborhood. He even wants to deal with you and the bad habit because he loves you that much and he wants to love you your way. He wants to love you into a living hope and real, living, authentic life. That's why around here we say this is a church in progress. If you got it together, you got to bounce on me because you're going to mess up my church. But this is a church in progress. It means that I'm in progress. Fight with my wife, you know, foul language, all right? And it means that you're in progress and is the type of church that Jesus wants to see is a people in progress because there's only one Savior and His name is Jesus. And we all need that light and we all need that life. It says the Father has made Him known. I'll end it with this story. Am I crying you? One of the biggest blessings of my life has been meeting my daughter. She was born November 1st at Kaiser Baldwin Park. And I had such a bad upbringing, I never really got to establish a relationship with my father, which oh, I really wish I did. He passed away at the age of 40, and he's in heaven. He became a believer. He accepted Jesus Christ and took responsibility for his sin. That's what you have to do when it comes to sin. You have to understand your responsibility, that it is an action that we must not do, and accept the grace of Jesus Christ to build us up, to move beyond those bonds. Come on, somebody. And he accepted that. Most people, another version of the Bible says that people love darkness, so that's why they don't come into light. That's why the, his own people didn't embrace him, because they love their darkness. Come on, somebody. Sin is a real thing, all right? I remember when I met my daughter, and I think we have the picture up there. Um, one of the most beautiful things I ever whew, have done in the world, <clears throat> that's the ugly cry, all right, is... Uh, um, is lock eyes with her. I never had a, a great relationship with my family, or now I have with my mother. There's my beautiful wife. But I got to lock eyes with my daughter. I'm her father, and it's beautiful. I love that Jesus says the, the Father or God has made himself known. Let me tell you, God wants to lock eyes with you this morning. The Father loves you so much that he said his one and only his beloved son that whosoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life and the way that we lock eyes with God the father is through the son come let us adore him behold him 
child in the manger. Behold the cross. Let me tell you, friend, when's the last time that you locked eyes with your father and your God? You may not want to lock eyes with him because you feel guilty of sin. Maybe you don't want to lock eyes with him because you feel ashamed of the past or of the present. But let me tell you, no addiction will keep you away from the love of the Father. No sin. God is not intimidated by your sin. He's not intimidated by your darkness. Nothing will stop the love of God from chasing you. So why not lock eyes with him this Christmas? Why not change our language and our speech? Why not come let us adore him this morning and this week and this year and as we begin 2020? Come on, somebody out there. Why not lock eyes? with the Father through the Savior, Jesus Christ. He loves you. Oh, he loves you. That he would give his one and only son. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to the Calling Church. Bring a friend. We will love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.